0: studs the pocket. the bitcoin pizza day extra cheesy special with myself ben sunderland Mitya gorachevsky eugene morosell and more very cool very cool yeah i'm just looking at this uh the big sats index they call it don't they uh, so it's a couple of months old, the one I'm looking at, but 9,000 Satoshis for a Big Mac. That's uh, quite quite a measure of value they've got there. Exactly. So, uh, major before we kind of get started, were there any uh, topics you wanted to particularly put to, put to the uh, topic board tonight or anything you wanted to veto from the conversation? <laughs> uh, where, where are the topics? I don't see them. <laughs> I think with everyone getting ready for Dubai, it's been a little bit more slapdash this week. Uh, so I kept it quite generic: Bitcoin Pizza Day, uh, meetups, real-world events, that kind of thing. As the world's opening back up, uh, mm. it's up for debate, really. Anything you want to talk about, my friend?
1: Sure. Yeah. No, I'm 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 sure everyone like want to talk about the the price <laughs> uh, of everything, and uh, you know, because there are a lot of obviously when. When there is a hype cycle, there are a lot of people who just brought in by the cycle as usual, and uh, when the cycle finishes, like what we're witnessing now more or less, every one, every, every one of these people who are new, kind of running crazy all around and you know, starting to cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice. it, it, it is actually extremely similar to what happened in Dubai
2: with a uh, real estate market for example i've been through a couple of cycles there where people were coming in in a mad rush trying to finance 99% of their purchases so essentially getting real estate with no effort and no upfront money and then when the investment uh, interest subsided you know a lot of people lost their life savings uh, which is a good bridge to what's happening um, you know, in our conference uh, in Dubai there are a great opportunity to talk about a lot of things.
1: Yeah, which is which is a great thing. I I thought you'd say a lot of people lost their uh, yeah. Well (laughs) I I by the way I totally agree. I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. Like if people are um, people the money flow is interesting of course topic like why someone has money and someone else does not <laughs> and uh, what happens when he does or she and uh, and then like i had this conversation again i'm coming back to that about the universal income uh, story and um a lot of people, very intelligent people, running around with this idea, you know, we have a surplus in production of everything, more or less, now, so let's just give away money. Um, and they, like, I think the biggest problem is Austrian School of Economy just not teached enough. Even if you, like, and you have to understand that all of the cryptocurrency movement all of the cryptopunk rooted in austrian school of economics without understanding austrian school of economics you really you don't really understand any of the ideas behind like real cryptocurrencies when i say real cryptocurrencies i mean cryptocurrencies like bitcoin cryptocurrencies that has like true true ideology behind them. Not like
0: cryptocurrencies like, I don't know, Tron or shit like that. (laughs) Well, I'm going to wade in at the risk of making myself sound dumb as uh, I'll be honest, my uh, Austrian economics isn't particularly up to scratch. Uh, But I do have some pretty strong feelings on what you said there about universal basic income and like I say, I can't classify them as anything more than feelings. Uh, but it was something I've, I've thought about quite a lot in the past, and I was uh, quite surprised to find that one big proponent for this uh, was, surprisingly enough, Donald Trump himself, which personally made me take a step back and reevaluate. well, what are the pros and cons to a uh, system of universal basic income? It's basically just the bullshit.
1: Summing it up <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, Let's not bring up the topic of Donald Trump That's the last topic I want to talk about Because that's that's become Really controversial Really fast <laughs> um, But um, but yeah So if people investing a lot of money Into this, into, into cryptocurrency Or real estate That is basically subsidized By Loans, right? I think, Jenna, that's what you were referring to. Like, And it happened all over. It happened a lot in, in pre-Baltics.
2: Yes, yes. The, the, the government essentially told banks where their majority shareholders, all of them, uh, to essentially lend uh, at extremely low interest rate to uh, finance um, mortgage uh, purchases, and uh, that's exactly what happened. A lot of people came and used that essentially free money to do that. The same, by the way, happened, uh, and it may still be happening in, out of all places, Amsterdam, where a friend of mine uh, purchased uh, a, a house in the old part of town with a zero down payment uh, and very, very low interest rate. So it's not a purely... Uh, one country phenomenon, Uh, it has been known to be used uh, as a a tool to support certain type of economic development to guide the economy in a certain direction. There may be some good thinking behind it from time to time when it addresses a specific need and is properly used. But when people come to the situation in a chaotic way,
1: that's when it's uh, not a very good thing. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's most well. It's it's a subsidizing the economy. It's like very simple, right? And then the we, but we have it everywhere now. We have the quantitative easing. Of course, it's it's the biggest like problem. I think that's the biggest driver for all cryptocurrencies up, um, because that like you can't print money forever. and you know, there are uh, Keynesian economics uh, teaching that basically more or less says. You can <laughs> like, okay, uh, one one goes What in the world still can one? Well, it, arguably, very kind of arguably and fragile. For how, for you can for how long? Like, of course, forever. For, for yeah. Forever, yeah. And forever uh, because yeah.
2: because of the tax rate. <laughs> they control the taxes, and as long as they do. They, if they, as long as they control the multi trillion dollar economy taxation, you know, and they have foreign governments uh, buying up on the spot, you know, the longest treasury instruments paying essentially zero. Uh, and as long as some countries uh, have negative interest rates, such as uh, what Japan now, right? Uh, Swiss, Switzerland. Most of Yeah. As long as that is happening,
1: maybe, maybe not. Yeah. well exactly and how long that is gonna happen I mean of course this is just a global conspiracy I think pretty pretty open though conspiracies are impossible
2: because
0: the third person will talk more than two people is not a conspiracy <laughs> right exactly they so, say so, like no
1: one cons- known conspiracy really
0: yeah. yeah. more than two people yeah, the third one will talk. <laughs> yeah Right. I mean, uh, speaking in the UK, if it, if it is a conspiracy, yeah, it's about as open as it gets. You know, we've been through what twelve years or so of uh, austerity cuts and austerity measures across the board in, you know, every sort of public sector here. And obviously, as soon as you know, the COVID hit the world last year, it's a case of you know, uh, well, suddenly we don't need this austerity so much as, you know, we all need to get through these next uh, 6, 12, 18 months. which is another bullshit but let's not talk about that either because
1: this covid topic is still very uh, again kind of hot and controversial But
3: (laughs) currency is
2: still uh, a still very hot topic this is Igor. i'm not from talking not from my
0: phone but from genius because uh, we had two phones on and we had a horrible echo yeah so uh Basically, uh, right now it's a unique time, because we're
2: taking electricity and we're turning into gold. And it's, in a way, uh, it's a sacred material. It used to be used only for, basically, people were using silver to pay each other, and gold was only to make life uh,
1: better. <laughs> electricity, to me, you mean like mining, mining Bitcoin? Mining Bitcoin. We already touched upon that topic, I think, last time, so let's, yeah. let's
2: repeat. Okay. That's,
0: Absolutely. Oh well, yeah, I mean, sort of tangencing off from that. Obviously, there are countries now which, you know, given the devaluation of the dollar, are genuinely using Bitcoin as uh, their reserve currency in this kind of way. Yeah, I think that
1: that's basically what will un- what will undermine the, this uh, well this uh, known conspiracy <laughs> around the U.S. dollar and uh and how world it operates now i mean i don't think it's sustainable uh for and we can we, we can clearly see it is not um in terms of like there is only one country who who is really getting rich and the, the general notion of a country like it's so so last century correct <laughs> like um there are there are very poor places in the world and it's in last millennium. Yeah. Well, it last like like if you think about, we we are in twenty first century. Like we have over capacity of everything almost. That's what basically is allowing all that ideas flowing around, like the universal income. Why do we have poverty on such a scale in many countries with, in billions of people are under this line of poverty, and. Um, I don't think that they, they uh, distributing just distributing them money uh, or like applying quantitative easing on Africa will help. Um, it it won't, and it doesn't because you cannot do that, right? Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, you need to create a healthy economic system,
2: right? And, teach and, and, and and teach your children, right, that they're citizens of the earth, and there are ways to exist, make money get married, uh, you know, consume entertainment that do not involve jurisdictions or passports or, you know, whatever attributes of governments are, right? And it, will, it, it certainly probably will happen eventually, it may take a generation or two. Um, and is that where we're going? I
0: think that would be a good direction. I think the, the obvious problem is poverty begets poverty, doesn't it? And yeah, coming back to universal basic income, as you say there, it, the, on the kind of plus side, obviously, you take away that, that desperate need from the poorest member of societies. Oh. But, but on the con side, you take out the, almost the bottom rung of the, the, the ladder for people to step up and you know, genuinely find a way out.
2: Then it's an illusion that by distributing income equally, uh, some some money equally, uh, it actually helps people to buy bread and 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 uh, water. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it goes to drugs. And not worried,
0: I don't know. See, I mean, obviously, I've been speaking a lot to Anton from uh, Human Ventures since last week uh, with relation to some work we're going to be doing trying to uh, bring aid to UK food banks. And obviously, the UK is one of the most developed countries in the world. Uh, but I believe going back to 2019, so before any sort of epidemic problems, uh, there were... Well, a phenomenal amount of people. Um, it's somewhere in the region of two hundred thousand people in the country who are surviving on less than fifty pounds a week income, uh, which is, you know, unthinkable in a country where it costs you twenty pounds to look out the window.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we're coming back, and
1: basically the circle is like, so so when you subsidise this by, like, for example, making real estate really cheap to buy. And, uh, you know, basically lending money to people who can't afford to pay them back, it's, it's basically the same thing you're doing with the universal income and stuff like that, but on a mar- ma- much kind of larger maybe scale or even like more perverse, if you know what I mean because they don't really understand that you're lending them money like if you if you start distributing money like they do now with basically with the with printing money on the balance sheets of banks um the the people don't really realize that the money that they are getting is
0: actually a loan like an economical (laughs) loan of the generation but it can be <laughs> But as you said, there, there's an excess of resources, and at the end of the day, all money is is a form of barter and exchange. So if we have an excess of resources, you know, why in LA do we have you know tense cities going on nowadays? You know, it, it can't all be drugs, can it? It's not about resources. Well, it, it's it's more complicated
1: than that because money is not just a, a, a replacement of barter to exchange resources if that would be that simple then when i don't know what would be, would be <laughs> maybe you would be right but but uh, but money is more than that money is a motivational
0: power yeah, that's, that, the, it, that's it, the main reason money exists but it ties back to bitcoin and pizza at the end of the day i mean When Laszlo Hayek, I've only ever seen his name wrote down, um, when he bought those uh, two Papa John pizzas for 10,000 Bitcoin, which is what, the equivalent of $379 million today? Uh, It, it, you know, obviously was more than money at the time because it it verified Bitcoin as being a genuine means of physical exchange. It, It gave it that intrinsic value besides, you know, gamification online. Well, uh, actually, like on that topic, we have with Andrew Lashon we had this uh, this uh, um,
1: paper that we wrote about the stable currency on Tone. It's called Not-A-Tone Binary System. And uh, the, the first part of the paper, I actually talk about precisely that. And actually, there is a pizza also example that... Um, I think Bitcoin got confused a little bit and a lot of cryptocurrency getting confused a lot of cryptocurrency users are getting confused between the store of value and the medium of exchange right so according to like normal economic theory that you hear from everywhere, the money has these properties one of the properties the store of value another is a medium of exchange well this is a total bullshit you cannot have and history actually shows that you are not getting this like for the last century the money that is used as a medium of exchange and the money which is used as a store of failure is completely two different things like, uh, an example well, someone used to me with the example
3: exchange of the medium of exchange would would be you know uh, in order for people to avoid
2: barter trades right so you would trade uh, you know a suit for a cow, right? Uh, instead of doing that, the maker of a suit sells it, takes the money, goes and then buys the cow, right? So, money in this particular case is a, a medium of exchange.
0: So Pizza in that way could be a medium of exchange, but it is, isn't a very good store of well, value it, in you know, the fact that exactly. it's going to be gone off next week. It, it, exactly. Actually, the, the, if you use the, the money that
1: is used to medium of exchange, suit so, should depreciate in value. Because it's for a very simple logical reason: um, the money that is used in, as a medium of exchange, you actually want it to be spendable, um, and in order for that to be spendable, like you want to encourage. Jane, uh, could you mute your microphone if you're not speaking? If you want to use something as a medium for you want to, you want people to start exchanging, right? Then the medium that you use as exchange. Should go should actually depreciate because then people are more likely to spend it, right? If 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 the money in your pocket are going down in value all the time, you would rather buy
0: something with them rather than hold with hold it, right? right. Exactly. The banks don't want every kind of mom and pop, you know, squirreling their money away under the mattress. They want exactly. them in the savings accounts and ices and such. Well, even not in the same because
1: the economists larger the banks well we don't have banks anymore well let's start from that okay the current the the that's one of the things that the quantitative easing did is killed all the banks like we don't have banks what we have is a parity it's it's basically an extension of central bank and that's actually why they're so heavily regulated and the so heavily regulation are actually a tool to make the banks work as an extension of central bank. And central bank is basically loaning the money all the time. And these banks, they don't live anymore on the on this. Um, they don't actually make money on loaning the money that someone else is saving because they are not living on someone else's savings like they used to live for thousands of years. The banks now, they live over the balance sheet that provided to them by central bank? Maybe one caveat, if I may. Um, The
2: essential role of a bank is financial intermediation between households, which remain the biggest uh, sort of cash pile in, in the world, and businesses who want to borrow, right? You are correct, of course, saying that the governments have regulated banks to making them essentially puppets in their heads ex- exactly correct um, but it doesn't remove this function intermediation so when when we talk about a decentralized solution for example my understanding anyway is that we, we're doing exactly that we are removing banks as the intermediaries
1: and in that sense they're dead already well uh, we, we, we remove we know not removing banks we actually what we remove is a central banks because um, in today's economy, the bank, uh, they're no longer that much rely on household and uh, 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 savings. First of all, because there are not as much of them as, as it used to be. Like today, people are... As, as because, because, again, okay, it's a little bit complex, but nobody's... Like, if you're just putting money... Like in the bank saving account, you will gonna lose it, right? We understand that because it's a, it's a, it's a negative interest rate in most of the developed countries. Correct, so instead, so, wait, wait. so let me let me let me finish. <laughs> so they are not. So meaning that the, the bank the the system used to work like that. You're a household. You put money into the bank and saving account. I will put you. I will give you back a portion of the loan that the business pays me. Right, that's how it is. Very simple business model. It worked, but now it doesn't because the money, because of the of the easing and all the economic and bullshit, uh, depreciating in value very rapidly. So the household would not put it into the saving accounts. They would rather either buy something with that or invest in something, which both of them banks not controlling anymore. If you if you buy a real estate, bank. not control it with your savings banks don't control it if you loan money from them then again you're on reverse on the on the other side of the trade if you if you invest in stock exchange the money does not control that either anymore because that's an investment banking uh, business and uh, the wall street controls that for example so um so basically what banks are loaning is not the household money anymore what the banks are loaning is exactly the central bank money which which is which is loaned to them very simple and that's why they don't have anything to say anymore because they're not really they don't really have any money.
0: It's it's all it's all it's all just uh, just numbers in the balance sheet. So you say simple, I'm about four drinks into this conversation already. It's uh, not quite as simple as I think you think it is, buddy, but I I do think I follow kind of the uh, point of what you're saying here. Um, To ask a really dumb question then, I mean, why is it that all banks seem to be uh, branding themselves as neo-banks nowadays? Perhaps uh, Eugene or Chuck, you might uh, be able to answer that from a business perspective. Is is this term a term anyone's familiar with? Well, well of course, banking, near bank. yeah, yeah, clearly. Uh, why they're doing that, I, I
1: I don't know. Zena, do you know why they're doing that? Well, um, again,
2: uh, banks are you know corporate entities. Sooner or later, they catch the wind that they they have to change and they have to somehow differentiate themselves from the crowd. And they're trying to gauge where the wind is blowing and, you know, if it's ecologic ecology or if it's, you know, as we talked about, you know, save the planet uh, or if it's uh, some new super protective technology, cryptography. A lot of them certainly would try to jump on the bandwagon. I don't know. What, what
1: do you guys think? Well, I think Neobanks is, is actually trying to find a, a, a real substantial business model out of this whole banking mess that we have created, right, that the central banks can't create it. So like the Neobanks yeah. are trying to kind of... Chuck, do you want to say anything about that? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of experience with neobanks or mm-hmm. actually it's properly a proper, uh, better word um, is um,
3: sometimes it's non-banky financial organizations. They eventually become banks and that's where the trouble starts. Because uh, they're mostly located, they used to be located in the UK, but now after Brexit, it's not the case any longer. So they're located in Europe and the European law allows them like looser controls, like not as hard KYC as with banks, not as stringent AML procedures and all that gives them a lot of leeway to become, uh, you know, uh, better for clients. And that's how they get clients. Uh, Like, look at Revolut. Like, Revolut was really a revolutionary uh, service, financial service. They used to give cards to just anyone, anywhere in the world. You could just apply, get a card for free, and it was just too good to be true. And uh, it ended, obviously, the moment they became a bank. Well, actually, even before that. Uh, They applied for further regulation, for further status inside the UK financial system, and that required more regulation, and they just let go all the non-EU clients, which was, you know, a huge scandal way back. Uh, And now nobody trusts Revolut because it's just a bank. So look at TransferWise. Uh, It was a great startup. They still do very good um, um, transfers, like fiat transfers all around the world. But now they, they rebranded twice, WISE, they're uh, becoming a bank slowly. And the moment they become a bank, they will be done. Like they won't be as good as they are today. Exactly. Yeah, that's my point, exactly. The, the banks
1: are like, they're, they're the, the regu- the, the, basically the regulator, which is the central bank. Essentially, um, when they see that you are important player, Becoming important player in the financial scale, meaning that you you get like million customers or something like that, then they will immediately apply a banking uh, license to you or requirement of banking license or something like that. And from that moment, you are no longer a bank. Actually, you're no lo- you're just you're just an extension of the central bank. And that's that's exactly my point.
3: Which
2: is exactly how the central authority uh, today uh, responds to you know, new technology or new thinking threats. They see that as a threat to their monopoly, obviously, and they are using all legally available methods at their disposal to prevent that. Unless of course they are Estonia or Switzerland.
1: Yeah, well it's very small Estonia (laughs) and then Switzerland I think it's the same. But basically and but we need to understand the the root of all that is is this financial system that we have with um, quantitative easing and pr- printing money, giving money, a lot of money to the population for political reasons. Like, that's the way the current government thinking or rich country governments thinking that they are stabilizing kind of the system, that there are no more riots and stuff like that. But of course... I, this is just an illusion it's 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 a, it's basically just just a propaganda tool because in the the reason why we have more stable economy and the, the, the you know less people in general poverty wise it's uh, it's not because of the printing money or the genius economy um, you know strategy from uh, rich countries no it's simply because of technology the technological revolution that we have and the the more stuff we just
0: uh, you know we can produce more and we can feed more people Uh, on a kind of slight tangent uh, me and my other half have been looking at uh, various different kind of housing and stuff around the world at the minute and 3d printing of housing uh, so houses that you can literally print from a blueprint uh, they're able to produce them in the region of sort of eight to ten thousand dollars at the moment. Yeah, so
1: again, it's Look, a ben,
0: ben. Look even, look even simpler. Like, look at what cost and time
1: uh, took, uh, you know, thirty years ago to build a house, and what it is today. It's just any house, just normal house. Don't go any further.
0: You don't need a three D printing fancy stuff. <laughs> Uh, exactly. So, if they can build, put a house up in forty-eight hours for less than ten thousand dollars, you know, why why are there kind of such a big gap in this uh, poverty divide, and why do we need you know these banking systems to be carrying on in the way they do? You know, is, is it inevitable that uh, Bitcoin and all this kind of anarchy stuff is going to come about? Uh, of course. Of course, it's just part of technological
1: revolution. As building a better house, a cheaper house, is part of the uh, technology revolution. The, the cryptocurrency is part of technology revolution, very clearly. And yes, we're going to replace the economic system in, in no country, no government can do anything about it, despite the fact that they would love to, because it's, again, but it's all political thing, right? And politics changes. And they will try to prevent
2: this from... Um... Becoming significant.
1: Oh. It is already significant. <laughs> it is already very, very significant. What they what they will try to do now, as we spoke about that, I think, on the first podcast, is they will try to prevent it from uh, continuing their marching towards, you know. And, they, of course, this what happens this week helps, in a way, because uh, now regulator will say... And as they say all the time, oh, see, it's so unstable, you know, we need to
0: regulate it. The problem, their biggest problem is that they can't. Do you think there's anything different with this time then? Because obviously, you know, people for weeks on your timelines and such have been calling for that that regular forty percent crash. And like you said, um, so yesterday or the day before, Joe, the kind of yearly China Bitcoin ban. Uh, but actually, there is yeah, there was, is was no China just... Bitcoin. There was no China Bitcoin ban. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fud. Is it, is, is it? I mean, educate me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure I saw maps of a lot of nodes which have turned off in China over the past few days. Am I just? Which is uh, which is a, which is a great thing, but but no, it's it's the same regulations as, as they were in 2017.
1: Nothing changed. There was no new regulation introduced. So just
0: fud on top of fud. Yep. Yeah, it's all fake. Awesome! Glad we got to the bottom of that one then.
1: <laughs> well, because the correction is not because of that. Like the correction is just happens every time it's the same
3: more or less period. It is just the same. Thing. In terms of Bitcoin, it's been much
0: larger and sharper than previous corrections. Uh, but... Because it's went up much larger and sharper than before. <laughs> So where do you think where do you think the kind of inflows came from this time? Has it all been new retail money, or is it uh, some people speculate just people shuffling those defi cards? No, no, Ben. ben if you
2: look at the chart of Bitcoin, uh, you know this three-year period of time, uh, th- this will look like a tiny blimp. Uh, so, you know, let, let's look at this from historical perspective, and you know volatility like this is not you know fundamentally driven and therefore is not worthy of you know too much attention
0: yeah here here definitely so uh, i take it on that note we all think it's not going to be another three-year bear market ahead then even Even if it will be that what's the problem (laughs) like what's the problem I don't know, I'm not getting any younger, buddy, (laughs) and all this drinking isn't good for my liver. No, but it doesn't
2: prevent us from working and doing great things with this technology and, you know,
0: making money on it too. Yeah, definitely on the uh, doing great things. Like I say, I'm extremely over the moon to be uh, getting involved with human venture and the stuff they're doing there. So, uh, yeah, whichever way the price goes, you know, the the human impact is definitely still going to be there, as you say. Um, well, it, it, you, I have to
1: just put that in perspective. Like what they, what we have like uh, now in terms of prices is February prices levels. So if you just just
0: switch back to February, what did you think of Feb in February about the Bitcoin price? Oh, yeah. I mean, personally, I'm still very much trying to keep uh, my feet on the ground exactly. about it all. But uh, like you say, there's been those kind of new retail investors who've come in, you know, they've put like a uh, week's wages or, you know, something like that in and uh, toward the end of March, end of April, and they've seen it literally cut in half. These are the type of people who are going to be like getting involved in cryptocurrency again. This is why I never did it before. And, and the actually
2: conducted a a study about possibly paying its employees in Bitcoin. Um, The results have not yet been published.
0: Well, I mean, sorry, go on. Uh, Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that kind of uh, brings us around to uh, the idea of meritocracies and uh, free-tone, obviously, uh, in the way that, you know, I think without bragging too much or or tempting fate, uh, we've seen a lot more stability in Freeton than other cryptocurrencies out there. Do you think possibly that comes back down to uh, the the philosophy of the ecosystem in that people earn their, their stake in what we're building here? Well, I, first
1: of all, I think. Uh, first of all, I, I think that uh, like I don't like to analyze the price of Freeton because the, the you know Freeton is just too young uh, of a cryptocurrency. It nobody really understands what exactly we are doing, <laughs> and, 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 yeah, <laughs> and 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 what happens around doesn't help because obviously people are not concentrated. Like they they, they, they think okay, another cryptocurrency they're just same rules. Blah, blah, blah. But it, it does not. And uh, the economical principles, the economic principles of Freeton are vastly different
0: from anything which is around, like any other cryptocurrency. Well, this is a question I was trying to answer to a friend the other day. I've got a, well, I say a, friend, a friend of a friend came around who was actually. Uh, in his own words, balls deep in ripple, uh, which hurt, hurt me a little bit uh, to see you and have the conversation. Um, but he was kind of saying um, you know, if Bitcoin is digital gold, then what is Freeton? Or what are ton crystals in that way? Do you guys have any kind of thoughts on that? Of course, of course. Like, uh, Freeton is
1: empo- what will empower the new Economy, which will be based on completely different principles than, than, you know, the, the economy that we have now, right? So if you think again, Ethereum is trying to do the same thing, but because basically you're providing a a distributed computing platform, we say a lot of web, right, will move to the decentralized computing platforms. So it, it, but it's not only the question of, like, which decentralized computing platforms the new businesses will choose? Because obviously, like, as we said, there are, like, few candidates, Ethereum is not one of them, simply because the technologically Ethereum is very inferior. Uh, But, and then the question is, the next question is, what is the economical model that will empower this new decentralized computing platform, uh, which will empower all these new types of new world applications? And that is not an easy answer, uh, but like the, obviously nobody knows the real answer, which model will win, but definitely there are several models, like the Ethereum is one of them, and Freton has a different model than Ethereum, and in many aspects. I don't even want to go there because like some of them are very, very technical, like for example, how validators' rewards are counted, like for example, i just give one example, so it will be understandable what I'm talking about. Um, for example, in, in Ethereum, like the 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 block producers are competing for gas. Right? So the, the gas payments in the block are not distributed among all of the like um, you know validators or beat miners, whatever. Um, in print on the model is different uh, because every block produced. Basically, this, the, the rewards for the block distributed among all the validators may, may sound like a small detail, but in fact, it's not. It's a cornerstone of how the,
0: this whole economy works. Yeah, no, it sounds a, uh, a quite utopian, nice mindset in that kind of cooperation rather than competition side from validators. It's not about not competing. There, are, There is a competition, uh, but the competition
1: is, is in different domain, um, not in the in the consensus domain. of course they are competing because they are competing with their stake to become a validator in the first place not everyone can just become a validator you need to put a stake so you're competing by providing money actually to the network to become a validator but uh, and 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 then you know the share of the of the block reward that you get is proportional to the share of your stake in the global stake so it's it's not a a, you know (laughs) equally equality equality or, or anything like that but my point is if bitcoin is a digital gold and it's totally fine with me bitcoin is indeed digital gold then uh, freedom money or crystal is the um this the layer i would say the economical layer the economical power uh, behind this um distributed computing platform for all these future applications and um as such it um, it actually is a store of value, but it's more of a of a participation value, and I, I can I can explain what I mean. Um, what what freedom money is is really like a participation power in the economy that you're building. So, like for example, like you would have a share of the economy. If you have a share like buying tone crystals you become part basically of this global um economy empowering this computing platform meaning that if this computing platform is used by many applications by many like businesses and so on you are taking part in that you're becoming part of that and you capturing part of the value of this economy So, in a way, it is a store of value. Like, Tom Crystal, for me, is a store of value. It's just a very different value. The gold is just a store of some value, right? Of, like, it will or should go perform better than the rest of the economy simply because it's a scarce resource. So, you put your money, you exchange your money with a scarce resource to preserve your money power by putting in the scarce resource, which... Apparently, or or like in general, statistically, should go up in price against the other currencies or whatever that that you that will lose the value. And that's that's what gold is. When you take part in the part of the economy, it's like you're buying a a, a piece of something that is used by businesses and so on as utility. But value of that will also rise because if you believe that this. Um, computer, this global distributed computer, will serve more and more businesses and use cases. So, in a way, it also becomes a store of value, but is on a, on a, of a different value. Both of them will rise in price. So, both of them can be seen as like a safe haven uh, if you compare that with, for example, a digital, whatever, or, or no, normal fiat currencies. Right?
0: But the nature of why a store of value is different. I hope I could... <laughs> so, as uh, so I'm trying to simplify it down, you uh, say almost free tongue or tongue crystals could be seen as a, uh, a digital store of utility, almost. Like a, like, a, like a bond
1: of this, like you're buying a bond of this new economy, if you believe in the new economy. Like it's a new state, I think of like a new state, and this state just released the government like bonds when buying Tom Crystal would be the buying of the bonds of this new Tom State.
0: Yeah, well, it wasn't something I was going to mention, um, but obviously this ties in quite nicely with uh, Mr. Freeman. And uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with what's going on there, but obviously they literally have their own digital passports, which they're bringing to Freeton. And I believe, if I'm understanding correctly, they are actually accepted. At, um, yeah, yeah, they are. They are. It's an Europe.
1: integration going that goes on. I, to tell you frankly, I, I, I'm not. I, I don't really know what it is because I didn't look at that deeper. But maybe someone else here, maybe Chuck, can you know knows
0: better about that. Chuck, are you with us, this? Think he's gonna quite uh, well. I haven't looked too much into the passports myself, but um, the, the cartoons and, well, generally the message of anarchy that Mister Freeman has. Uh, yeah, I can't think of a better fit for for what we're doing here at Freeman personally. It's uh, some very very uh, dark, weird uh, cyberpunk stuff. You yeah.
3: uh, about? Uh, sorry. Uh, about the passports, I actually discussed it uh, with the guys. They said that when you order individually, it's quite expensive. It's around three thousand dollars because it's very well uh, protected. All kinds of counterfeit um, protections are built in. But once we have a batch of a thousand, uh, the price of one passport is down to three hundred something dollars. So we will hopefully get a lot of people to join and just order everyone passports. Which, uh, so next
0: uh, event we have possibly we could all turn up with our uh, freedom passports potentially. Definitely.
1: <laughs> now now we need to, to
0: be... now we need to like just 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 an
1: agreement
3: for that to be you know accepted on the borders. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, because right now it's called fantasy passport. You can do it. It's totally legal. Uh, the only thing is acceptance, and that was actually the idea of those guys. They wanted to show that passport is a symbol so even if you invent your own if somebody accepts it that's fine like money <laughs> exactly
0: uh, it reminds me of uh, there's a book called cosmopolis out there and there's a i'm not sure if it's a fictional poem within the book or a real poem uh, where they start using the rats as a unit of currency uh, as a form of protest against the governments and systems you know, it's almost like an overthrowing. Uh, no one's seen this film, I take it, then. <laughs> uh, but going over to uh, our other sort of topic, just to touch up on toward the end, then. Obviously, uh, Chuck, Eugene, Dimitri, um, you're, you're all getting ready for the AIBC. Uh, have, have I got that the right way around? Yes, the AIBC Summit in Dubai. Uh, are you all prepared? Flying out soon? Oh, yes. Prepared and excited.
2: Um, I personally view this as a great opportunity to really showcase uh, the very first, but nevertheless very significant achievements that this young network and its ecosystem and people uh, most active in it uh, have really achieved uh, in in its first year of existence. So I'm happy to be there, happy to speak uh, and um, I, as you guys know, uh, a large group is coming. Um, so we will be there in force uh, to showcase the successes of uh, Freetown. Yeah, about 40 people going, I believe, was it? Uh,
0: yeah, uh, 35, of, 35 plus, yeah. Fantastic. And uh, what, what are you most looking forward to, Chuck, if you can hear it?
3: Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, actually, I've never met uh, anyone except Ron, but Ron is not coming. So, uh, number one, I want to meet people in person, because we've been talking for over a year now. Now I want to see their faces. Yeah, definitely after,
0: uh, obviously, we're not talking about COVID meter, but after the past year or so, I bet uh, just being out in public and meeting other like-minded people will be uh, well, just amazing, a breath of fresh
3: air. Yes, and Dubai is actually the exhibition capital of the world right now. It's probably the only country that allows people to come in more or less freely if you have the E V certificate. So, yeah.
2: I I also have a a personal history with Dubai for many, many years. I uh, bought and sold uh, real estate uh, there, um, and I had a company registered there, um, and so I had quite frequent trips. And I was extremely impressed with the quality of the uh, number of things there that I saw for the first time, the the, uh, 12 lane highways that they were building in the desert, seemingly To nowhere, like 10 years later, you know, we're full of Ferraris and Rolls Royces from adjacent buildings. So, you know, whoever built and planned the city uh, did a masterful job. So it was always a pleasure to go there. And especially now when we have this great occasion, it's a great thing to be back after maybe 10 years
0: It sounds like uh, you're going to be playing cool guide for everyone over this uh, event, then, Eugene. Well, uh, uh, there's a few people uh, uh, who are coming that that are, have been
2: there many, many times. So for many of us, it would be a welcome sort to of get together. I, I agree with Chuck. It's also certainly about meeting people, um, uh, and it's you know it's time we, we, we saw each other in person
3: and, and had a good drink, right, Chuck? Definitely. Can't, can't can't wait. I'm actually flying tomorrow afternoon. What about you? Um, I am um,
2: on a flight uh, by Emirates tomorrow night from JFK. So I arrive Monday like 7.40 p.m. Dubai time.
3: I see. Well, my, my flight
2: is much shorter. So. <laughs> yeah, I hope you ordered uh, Mahrabah. Yes, I did. The silver one, right? I got the gold one. I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> so I really look forward to, you know, seeing a lot of folks uh, there and, uh, you know, um, enjoying the, this, this uh, great modern city. Um, so, you know, and I hope everybody who comes for the first time uh, has a great impression there as well. Not only of Dubai, of course,
0: but uh, of time and
2: of what we can do together there.
0: Uh, I'm, I must admit, I'm rising with jealousy, to be honest, refilling my glass here, thinking uh, of the uh, blooming travel restrictions <laughs> we've got in this country. I've uh, never been to Dubai, but hopefully one day. Ben, one day. <laughs> but what's the problem? Can't you leave uh, there's a £10,000 travel fine uh, for going on non essential uh, trips to countries often. But business basically. is essential. It, it, it should be a waiver there. I, I think. Yeah, unfortunately yeah, it just, yeah, I'm not sure the expenses would even uh, Get close to what uh, Boris Johnson Would be right. charging me for a weekend But Malta, definitely I've heard rumours of Malta And yeah, I've got a couple of friends over there I could get back in touch with So I can't wait to uh, hear more on that
1: Yeah, I will
0: come to Malta Not coming to Dubai, Ben So it's, uh, not, you're not alone <laughs> right, so We'll have, play a drinking game For the online event if you want me, just. All yeah, exactly. right, Be there for us, guys, if we need to reach out for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm just looking at the speakers list, and uh, <laughs> after your little rant about Tron earlier, I'm seeing Justin son on the list, so maybe, best you're not going this time, Meetcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, he's a nice guy, full of shit, but it's
3: <laughs> totally <only> fine.
0: <laughs> an announcement of an announcement of what he had for breakfast last night. <laughs> Uh, totally fine. Uh, there are some uh, quite uh, some quality speakers on there as well, though. Uh, just looking down the list. Anyone in particular you guys are looking forward to?
1: Our I Kopstadter mean, is not coming,
0: so. Uh, run. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Or Elon Musk, Satoshi. Which coming? one are we uh, going down? No, no, Elon Musk is definitely
1: not Satoshi. Like, right. Far from that. Oh, I'm sure so, I've I mean, read let, something uh... let, 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 Let's not
0: stick every sticker now on Elon, on Elon No, Musk, no, right? I'm, I'm four, being honest. guys just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> There was a survey which yeah. uh, 70% of Australians think he is Satoshi Nakamoto now. Who, oh, Elon Musk? Especially after Saturday Night
2: Live, where he led. The team, of, what a couple of weeks ago, I mean, everybody
1: here t- talked about it. Oh, it was cringy, very cringy. <laughs> people don't. Uh, that's that's the point. Like people don't really understand Bitcoin. I mean, if they would understand Bitcoin, they would never think people like Craig Wright or or uh, Elon Musk could be
0: Satoshi. Like it's it's just not possible. Completely different type of people who could be Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, well, I mean, he he wants to make it ten times faster, ten times cheaper, and a hundred times bigger, was it something like that? So, you know, he obviously has that. Satoshi didn't want any of that. <laughs> he he liked it slow and small.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the point in Satoshi's paper is completely different. He didn't he didn't want any of that. Like yeah, he yeah. he did want an peer-to-peer electronic cash, but um, I think that just because the vocabulary that he used was like that in that state. But anyway, no, it's it's not. It could not be extrovert person uh, at all. Like it's it, Satoshi was very introvert person, and we can see that in the style of his communications. Um, so it just <laughs> not, it just could not be Elon Musk. <laughs>
0: Uh, taking the assumption of the uh, Craig Wright one then, I did read a very interesting, I can't remember the name of the type of the diagram they have, uh, but it was a mathematical thing about uh, the positive versus negative outcomes of claiming to be Satoshi Nakamoto. And basically the worst outcome for Craig Wright was not claiming to be Satoshi Nakamoto and obviously not being him as well. Uh, it was, I'll have to find it out and send it to you. It's probably uh, not as yeah, Craig, interestingly described. Yeah, but Craig Wright is a crook. Like uh, that's all. And I,
1: as a, uh, Vitalik called him that in person. If like if I could do that, I would do the same like, in person. Like uh, so, uh, why uh, why even talk about that? But of course in terms of publicity if you can claim that you are satoshi and actually anyone would take it seriously even for a second i mean of course there are there are a lot of benefits doing that
0: exactly i think uh, the table went that the best outcome was claiming to be satoshi and being satoshi but the worst outcome was not claiming to it well actually i don't agree actually i don't agree that to claim and be the
1: satoshi is the best outcome because there is a reason why Satoshi didn't want to, you know, did want to hide his identity. Um, And it's definitely the best thing that could happen to Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency in that matter is that Satoshi actually, it's actually that nobody knows who Satoshi is. Probably also safer for him too or her. Um, Yeah, and, and not only for him or her, but also for the, for the cryptocurrency space, for Bitcoin in general. Right? And remember that Satoshi disappeared exactly when, um, when there was a, um, uh, you know, a presentation in the CIA conference about Bitcoin, when, when the community decided if they needed to go or not to the CIA conference to present, and they decided that they will, and, uh, and then Satoshi left. Immediately, So that was the last communication <laughs> that I've ever heard from Satoshi. So, um, you know,
0: it's, it's just uh, it's, it's just better this way for everyone. So uh, you'd agree with, I wrote an article a while back about uh, should crypto leaders walk in the darkness? Uh, which I think you quite liked, Eugene, you said. Uh, do you think that's, that's the way it should be then, media? Well, I think that it should not matter. But when when
1: Satoshi started Bitcoin, it wasn't the case. Like, think about what Freeton could do in one year. Uh, Bitcoin took like years to do that. Same thing. Like, right? Um, when when Satoshi was there, even and Bitcoin was like the value of Bitcoin was like three million or something like that for the whole network. That was like a big celebration. So, um, you know, Freeton is what
0: worth now, like $300 million, something like that in one well, year? Well, um, in the first day alone, I believe Tonswap managed to have $3 million in locked liquidity on well, the D5 e- Exactly, exa- exa- so you, know what, you understand? Well,
1: exactly, understand what I mean. I mean, today is not that important anymore because, like, we can reach the point of decentralization very rapidly. And in this case, like me personally, I don't really... Like, Bitcoin will continue without me, or without any of us, uh, for that matter, uh, just fine. After one year only, without Satoshi, after one year of Bitcoin, Bitcoin will just stop because basically all the mining power was in the hands of Satoshi <laughs> under his table, more or less.
0: <laughs> Standing on the shoulders of giants, or something like that.
1: Exactly. Of course, and the world changed. Now we have better tools. We have like more. We can build decentralized economies much faster, which actually proves a point why governments would be never able to fight that because we can start a new network like that and And
2: also also because you can choose to be anonymous or pseudo-anonymous that's another for me personally a very novel uh, feature with my corporate background It, it, it took a while for me to understand how
0: that can be Okay, so kind of final question or thought point before we wrap up and take uh, questions, if anyone's got any uh, for us. Um, do sorry, yeah, so in terms of the the third, the uh, the government restrictions, how long do we think that they can keep battering it down, keep fighting? You know, things like the the, the supposed China ban can keep impacting it so much until we reach that point where you know it, it truly is too big for them even to uh be standing in the way are we far off this precipice yeah well it's still a long way to go like even like trillion or two
1: trillion dollars whatever it is doesn't matter <clears throat> it's still it's very big now but it's not yet um like as big as needed for it to be um like completely, I would say, deta- de-
0: detached from from like the older economy. Well, when you put it in terms of trillion dollars, and you think about how much uh, new money has being printed this year, I mean, yeah, I suppose in theory, being very conspiracy theorist about it, uh, the U.S. could, you know, print an amount of money, by the Bitcoin market, you know, privately to a degree, and just wipe it out. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that I, I made that point in one of the podcasts, I think, with,
1: with Basic Block, but that actually, if, if if tomorrow, like any state, a big state like China or, or United States would would want to go and fight Bitcoin, they could just you know create a mining power of fifty one percent and do whatever. But the point is that it won't do anything because again, Freeton was born a year ago. And this network is completely decentralized with, you know, dozens of hundreds of thousands of people involved. So you buy or destroy uh, uh, Bitcoin and then it will be fork. And then there are other cryptocurrencies and then something will replace it. And how do you fight that?